Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. The Financial Exchange is produced by Money Matters Radio and is hosted by employees of the Armstrong Advisory Group, a registered investment advisor that provides investment advisory services. All opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, do not reflect the opinions of Armstrong Advisory or anyone else, and do not guarantee profit. Investments can lose money. This program does not offer any specific financial or investment advice. Please consult your own financial, tax, and estate planning advisors before making any investment decisions. Armstrong and Money Matters Radio do not compensate each other for referrals and are not affiliated. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zotta and Mike Armstrong. Your exclusive look at business and financial news affecting your day, your city, your world. Stay informed and up-to-date about economic and market trends, plus breaking business news every day. The Financial Exchange is a proud partner of the Disabled American Veterans Department of Massachusetts. Help us support our great American heroes by visiting DAV5K.Boston and making a donation today. The DAV5K Boston is presented by Veterans Development Corporation. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zotta and Mike Armstrong. Chuck, Mike, and Tucker with you here on a Jobs Friday. And... 8.30 a.m., we received the non-farm payroll report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And quick look through the headline numbers, 216,000 jobs added. That's up from a downwardly revised 173,000. Average hourly earnings running at a a monthly pace of 0.4%, a little bit above expectations there. Labor force participation rate dropping by three-tenths of a percentage point from 62.8 to 62.5. And the unemployment rate holding steady at 3.7%. Mike, your thoughts uh, as you glance through what we saw this morning? Um, Not quite Goldilocks, but not so hot that there's much to be worried about here. This was a pretty solid report. Uh, expectations, I think, were for what in the 170 range in terms of jobs created, uh, unemployment to tick up by one tenth of one percent. Uh, we instead had jobs created in the 200 plus thousand range, and unemployment didn't move. So, I don't think anything in here would get you to the point where you're extremely concerned about inflation again. And in fact, you've got the 10-year actually down this morning after being up a little bit after this jobs report uh and then no real surprises to me either on where the jobs were created so taking a look there at the most 
significant categories of job creation. We had government employees increase 52,000 in December. That's been a trend that's been continuing for a while now. Healthcare up 38,000. Social assistance programs uh, and construction all gaining uh, fairly significant. Uh, leisure and hospitality also grew by 40,000, but that's such a massive piece that that's kind of an insignificant statistical change when we talk about that there. So here's... Here's my take on this is you look at the the headline numbers and again, the three that everyone focuses on job growth, unemployment rate, average hourly earnings. Yep. Little hot is, is kind of the first thing that you say there. And, and that's why the first move that you saw in treasuries, the, the 10 year U S treasury was up 10 basis points immediately after this report. Today's we're sitting here talking right now, you know, and that markets have had time to digest 10 year treasuries flat. Right. And and here's why I think it's flat is that under the hood when you you know you pop the hood and you're like okay, you know let me Here's what's actually going on. October downwardly revised by 45,000 from 150,000 to 105,000 jobs added. November downwardly revised by 26,000 from 199 to 173. Downward revisions matter because if you're, you know, if you're subtracting 75,000 jobs and then adding 216 well, the net gain is actually 150, which is basically in line with what expectations were coming into today. Mm. Other pieces here, when we look at this, yes, that average hourly earnings number came in a little bit hotter, but it's also just because you have this, we've talked about this before, this average weekly hours fluctuation where it just bounces between 34.3 and 34.5 hours and... That's why I don't love the average hourly earnings number. I like either average weekly earnings or the one that I like best is av- uh, is aggregate payrolls, which is pretty much, hey, how much are you earning plus how many people are in the labor force? What kind of growth are we seeing there? So when you look at this, yeah, average hourly earnings went up, but a big portion of that was just because you had this downward fluctuation in average hours work that really doesn't have any trend or anything along those lines. It's just kind of a random thing based on who responds to the survey in any given month. Other things, when you when you take a look in here and, you know, try to figure out what's, what's going on, the prime age, age 25 to 54, employment to population ratio, prime age EPOP, as we like to call it when we want to sound snazzy, mm. fell to 80.4%, which is now half a percent below its peak, in June and July of last year. That means there's maybe a little bit more slack in the labor force because those people, you know, could in theory come back in and, and, and start working again. Other things that uh, we are seeing here, just again, as you kind of go through uh, what's what's going on, prime age uh, participation in the labor force also down a little bit. So that's something where you say, okay, maybe there's some room to have people come back into the labor force on, on that metric here. So overall, when when you look at this, I think the message that I take from it is it it was a little warm on the surface, but overall, when you dig in, there's there's no real change from the status quo here, in, in my opinion. The other thing that I find notable now is prior to the pandemic, 2015 through 2020, so last two years of the Obama presidency and four years of the Trump presidency. Job growth averaged about 200,000. If you look at the three-month moving average for job growth now, dating back to pretty much last April, so almost 12 months, you know, call it nine months of it, 
you're basically averaging 200,000 jobs now. So you're back to pre-pandemic trends in terms of jobs added, which is not concerning. Like that, that's fine. That's right. The economy was good before the pandemic. And so if you're doing the same thing now in terms of jobs added, you're fine there. The place where you can look and say, oh, like this, th- there could be something here is what we call aggregate payrolls. And so to, to figure this out, think of it this way. If Mike is getting paid a dollar a week and his wage goes up by five cents, so now he's making 105, then aggregate payrolls have risen by five cents. If I come into the workforce and I'm now getting paid a dollar a week as well, then aggregate payrolls have gone from a dollar five to 205. Big jump. So it, 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 it combines people working and wage growth. So you actually understand how much it's basically a measure of how much salary is being paid out in total to employees. And the reason why I like it is that the U.S. economy is a consumer-based economy. Depending on the month, 65 to 75% of economic growth is coming from consumer spending. So aggregate payroll growth is a good proxy for, in the long run, how quickly can consumer spending grow? Because, yes, people can borrow, but if you borrow too much, you know, eventually you come back to earth. And so this is a good proxy for, hey, how quickly can nominal GDP grow? Not accounting for inflation, but just, hey, if if everyone makes 5% more this year, then nominal GDP can grow by 5%. Inflation eats away some of that, more or less depending on, you know, whatever year it is. But it's how quickly can the overall GDP grow. And the reason why that matters is that, in my opinion, a, a big chunk of you know how much inflation you can experience is related to how quickly is the economy growing nominally. So as an example, if you go back to the beginning of 2022, remember inflation was running like 9% sure. and we had negative GDP growth? Nominal GDP growth was like 8.5%. But it all got eaten up by inflation because supply chains were a mess and we couldn't actually produce enough to deal with all the extra income people had. So that's why it felt really bad. Hey, I'm making more money, but it's all getting eaten up by inflation. Pre-pandemic, the aggregate payroll growth was typically running about 45 to 5% a year. So and what, the way what's this that, worked like 2% out, above inflation on average? Yeah, the, 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 the way it worked out pretty much was that inflation was running somewhere in the ballpark of... 2%. GDP growth ended up being around 2%. And then there was, you know, a 1% gap where it's just okay, you know, there's some friction and, and whatever happens. If you look at aggregate payroll growth during, you know, the aftermath of the pandemic, you know, 21, 22, and, and, and through 23, you know, we aggregate payroll growth was running, you know, north of 10% for a while. It dropped back down late last year to like 49 and now in the last couple months, it's taken a little bit of a tick back up into that 53 5.4%. So if you want the thing that I'm a little nervous about, not panicked, but just, hey, this, this warrants watching over the next couple months, if aggregate payroll growth keeps reaccelerating, then my big concern becomes, does inflation pick back up later this year? I think... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Right now, with, with all the data that we've gotten so far, the, the, the odds of a recession this winter, you know, January, February, March, I believe that's winter, if, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. They're getting pretty slim because like, it's, it's got to print at some point, and, and you don't have a recession with the kinds of numbers we're getting, not just here, but like across the board. So I am less concerned about imminent recession now and starting to get a little bit more concerned about inflation reaccelerating. So that's that's kind of where I, I continue to land. Any other thoughts, Mike, on your end? No, but I would like to draw out that conversation about the labor market and inflation and and that possibility. So why don't we break first, and then I, I want to continue that that thought process because the labor market hasn't really sparked much in the way of inflation in very recent history, uh, going back you know pre Great Recession. And so I, I want to give that some thought and how that could play out in 2024. Let's take a quick break. And we'll talk about that next on the Financial Exchange. Business and financial news affecting the markets and your wallet. We've got it all straight from Wall Street right here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. The Financial Exchange and Veterans Development Corporation are proud partners of the Disabled American Veterans Department of Massachusetts. The DAV provides thousands of hours of voluntary services at our DAV medical centers and is the only DAV department in the country to lead a veterans housing initiative for single veterans and for those with families. These programs are critical to serving our veterans in their time of need. You can help our great American heroes by making a donation today. Please visit DAVMA.org. That's DAVMA.org. Can you afford $15,000 a month for a nursing home? If not, you need to call Cushing & Dolan and get their new guide called Long-Term Care Planning for Procrastinators. Don't let a nursing home stay clean out your savings. Call 866-848-5699. That's 866-848-5699. Or you can request it online by visiting LegalExchangeShow.com. That's LegalExchangeShow.com. The proceeding was paid for and the views expressed are solely those of Cushing and Dolan. Cushing and Dolan and or Armstrong Advisory may contact you offering legal or investment services. Cushing and Dolan and Armstrong Advisory do not endorse each other and are not affiliated. Get up-to-the-minute market updates with Wall Street Watch. Weekdays at 1030. Only here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. This segment of the Financial Exchange is brought to you in part by the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Tourism. Visit the U.S. Virgin Islands and enjoy your next incredible vacation. Explore St. Croix, St. Thomas, or St. John and enjoy pristine beaches, world-class dining, and fall naturally in rhythm with the heartbeat of the islands. There's no passport required or money to exchange. Go to visitusvi.com and book your trip today. That's visitusvi.com. Mike, you said you had some additional uh, things that you wanted to cover as it relates to the jobs report this morning? Yeah, so I, I guess 
I'm following the same logic you are, and I'm looking at probably the same data set that you are when it comes to that aggregate weekly, weekly payroll data. And throughout the 2010s, as you pointed out, a large portion of it was you know as low as 3%. You had a few moments, though, where it did top over 5 5.5%. I'm seeing a reading of 5.4 back in February of 2015, and a few of those throughout that time period. That entire decade, I think, would you say fair to dis- to describe it as a period of extremely low inflation? Maybe not extremely, but low, generally low and comfortable levels of inflation. Uh, yeah. I mean, w- which decade? The 2010s decade. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, maybe you got up to three percent once or twice, but other than that, it was a pretty comfortable level of inflation. And I think you can describe that as a pretty robust period of. Uh, labor force growth. My question is, other than you know a few decades ago, do we have much evidence that a tight labor market will in fact cause a bunch more? Like you know, going into the 2010s, every Fed official was saying, "Look, if unemployment's below four percent, then we need to be talking about hiking interest rates because inflation is going to get out of control." And then it never did until we had all the supply chain shocks of 2020. And so I do, I'm very curious as to whether or not. You know, let's say to your point that we get back up to like six percent payroll growth. To me, that would indicate, hey, we might be heading for higher inflation. But I wonder, a, if it's true, and b, if the Federal Reserve agrees these days. Well, I mean that that that's kind of the big question, right? right. Yeah, I mean, I mean no, nobody has any idea about that. I would I would think so. I would think that there is a barrier there where. Even without supply chain shocks, which you know we could get those too, and that would throw everything off. But I'm, I guess my point would be I am not convinced that if you did see six percent aggregate payroll growth, that we would see the type of inflation that would get the Federal Reserve cons- concerned again. Well, it, it it depends on two things. Quite like there, there are two ways that it wouldn't get the Fed concerned. The first is if you see productivity growth, because productivity growth means that hey, you're not going to. S- Productivity growth means that you will see more real economic growth right. unless that gets eaten away by inflation. So we recently have seen some strong productivity numbers. If, if that continues, yeah, like, if, great. Like, the, yes, there is a path to, like, 3% U.S. economic growth if, pro, if, if you get productivity growth running at 2% a year. Right. Because the U.S. You know, population is only growing by 1%. Do you want to bank on that? I, I, I don't really know. The other way that you potentially get there is through adding more people. Now, you can't just add, specifically working age people. Mm. Having a baby today does nothing to help the inflation picture. Trust me, I know. <laughs> if anything, it hurts, <laughs> it, hurts it. it. If anything, it hurts it. But it's, hey, we're talking about, you know, adding all of these facilities to make, you know, semiconductors and batteries and this and that. Okay, great. Who's going to work there? And with unemployment as low as it is, then who's going to backfill the jobs that those people leave? You need more population. And my three-year-old can't go work in a semiconductor factory. She could, but she'd be awful at it. Mm. Love her to death, but you need a static-free room, and she's not even mud-free. You know, like, it's, it's, it's a thing. So I think that when you look at this, the other piece, which, again, I think is unlikely... Hey, do you do you, you know find some kind of immigration reform to allow for you know more high skilled labor to come into the U.S.? I'm not really banking on that given the current state of immigration discourse. So I think that when 
when we look at this, if aggregate payrolls start creeping up, yeah, you might have some sporadic times where it doesn't lead to higher inflation. But otherwise, it's, hey, there's more money that's floating around out there that can be spent. And I'm not sure that you have the supply growth to meet it because if you're not getting productivity growth, then you need more people in order to meet that supply growth. And, and that's not happening, we know. Yeah. And, and you know, the bigger long-term trend that gets called into question is, will you see the disinflation that we've seen in the 2010s from, you know, just cheap products coming from places like China? Or, or is that starting right. to reverse itself? Um, if, if China had it their way, the answer would be, yeah, that stuff's still flowing into the United States and and uh, keeping inflation relatively muted and I can still get cheaper and cheaper televisions and this, that, or the other. But um, I'm not sure that the current political situation is has the appetite for that either. Is there any item other than TVs that's seen just the, the shocking drop in price relative I, to the quality you receive in the last 20 years? That one always comes to mind for me. I'm sure there are others, uh, but that one is just so wild to me. I guess, good. I mean, computers, I mean, you think about what you can do now. Sure. And, like, your iPhone, I forget how many more times powerful it is than, like, the Apollo rockets yeah. in terms of the computers they had. So, yeah, I mean, computers, anything computer-related, I think, is is in that category, obviously. It's just not as apparent to us because we just see, oh, it you know, it takes me a little bit quicker to open Angry Birds as opposed to, hey, my TV screen is 60 inches now for you know $400. Yeah, and the price drop piece is just so much more dramatic with the television, I feel as though. It is. You know, like the, the quality change is there too, and that's noticeable, but the, you know, the, the price change, I can't think of much else. I'm seeing household appliances are down nearly four percent over the last year. The other, the other place where I will say it, and, and it, it, again, this is a, a consumer choice thing. If we were still driving the same types of vehicles that we did 40 years ago, not just in terms of features, but if you look at the changes that have happened in terms of like horsepower and torque on vehicles, you go back to the 90s, and most cars were typically like high hundreds to low 200s in terms of horsepower. Yeah, and now everything's spitting out like 250 to 350. With, better, and it's, with oh, better fuel economy. Exactly. So like the improvements that you've seen there are pretty meaningful as well. We just don't think of it and notice it the same way. So, Fair. Yeah, I'll, fair. I'll say that. One place where you haven't seen it is air travel. <laughs> it's gotten worse and more expensive. <laughs> I got less space. I got worse food. The delays are longer, and it's more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That has not been dis- uh, deflated, so that's another one. So, but that that gets back to air travel as a service industry, not a goods mm-hmm. industry. Yep. Yep. So, let's take a quick break here. We got Wall Street Watch coming up right after this. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at TFE Show. Breaking business news is always first right here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time now for Wall Street Watch. A complete look at what's moving markets so far today, right here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Well, markets are in positive territory as Wall Street Digest, the December jobs report unveiled this morning, which came in hotter than expected, showing 216,000 jobs were added last month, above estimates of 170,000 jobs. Right now, the Dow is up by a quarter percent, or 97 points. S&P 500 is up over half a percent, or 26 points. And the Nasdaq is up by about two-thirds of a percent, or 99 points. Russell 2000 is up by a third of a percent as well. 10-year Treasury yield down by three basis points, now at 3.96%. And crude oil up two and a third percent, trading at $73.87 a barrel. Costco said it saw its December sales climb 9.9% year-over-year to $26.15 billion, driven by its e-commerce unit. The retail giant's total and comparable sales saw a 3% benefit from December's additional shopping day due to the timing of New Year's Day. Costco's shares are up by 1%. Meanwhile, shares in Constellation Brands up by 3% after the beer, wine, and spirits company posted third quarter revenue of $2.47 billion, short of expectations of $2.54 billion. However, adjusted earnings per share came in at $3.19, better than forecasts of $3. Elsewhere, Jefferies downgraded Palantir Technologies to underperform from hold, saying the company's AI advantage has been overhyped in the near term and the stock has climbed to unsustainable valuation levels. That stock down by 2%. Peloton shares up another 14% after yesterday announcing its partnership with social media platform TikTok. And the NCAA and ESPN have agreed to a new eight-year media rights deal valued at more than $115 million per year, or roughly three times the current 14-year deal, which pays about $40 million annual annually. Uh, Disney stock is up by half a percent. I'm Tucker Silva, and that's Wall Street Watch. Mike, any final thoughts on the jobs report today? Um, not so much about the jobs report, but I'll, I'll leave with this. There's a pretty good piece in Bloomberg today about the jobs data specifically, and we've brought this up before. The response rates since COVID, so these are all surveys, right? The, the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics does not do a 
well, even if they did a census measuring, it's still a survey and it is reliant on companies and individuals actually responding to compile all the data. In the, you know, in the case of the JOLTS report that we covered earlier this week, you were hovering in a response rate in the 65 to 70% range pre-COVID. And since then, you have just been on this downward spiral to, you know, 30 to 35% response rates. And in terms of the jobs report, again, you were sitting in that 60% range pre-COVID. You're now sitting in the 40 to 45% range. So I think we always say this, do not make a big deal out of one data points. Take a look at the trends, the revisions, and and you know look at the longer-term trend to all of this. But the longer-term trend has been that these reports are likely less representative of the overall U.S. economy than they were pre-COVID. Talk a little bit now about uh, bonds. We got a couple Bloomberg pieces on bonds here. And I'll start first with this one titled Bond Traders Show Early Signs of Doubting Dovish Fed Pivot. And basically, what it says is that, hey, bond yields rose the first couple days of this year. And so that is indicating that bond traders think rates may not decline by as much this year as being priced in currently maybe. another one of these pieces mike again maybe uh i'm supposed to interpret a what quarter of one percent in 10-year yields as the dramatic actions and interpretations of the overall bond market i don't think i can draw any meaningful conclusions the 10-year treasury yield is sitting exactly where it was in mid-december maybe it sold off a little bit too much or or uh appreciate a little bit too much towards the end of the year and is now selling off again. I hate these pieces. Don't don't try and what is it? Anthropomorphize uh some sort of uh market into this is what everyone is thinking about something. I I don't know. Maybe you draw different conclusions here, Chuck, but this is not a significant enough move for us to be scratching our head at. No, Mike, look you can't tell anything based on a couple days of movements. You just can't. Let me ask you this, Mike. If I told you that there was a period in time where in a three-day span the market lost 5%, what would you think happened the rest of the year? No idea. The correct answer is I have no idea. Yeah. Because that happened last year. Right. Silicon Valley Bank blows up. What happens? S&P 500 drops 5% in three days. What happened since then? Oh, gee, it rose more than 25%. It, the, the, the movements, even when like bad things are happening sometimes, the, the movements of stocks on any given day do not have any correlation as to what happens over the next three months, six months, year, whatever it may be. Like if, if all you're looking at is price, price alone doesn't tell you anything about where markets are going. It, it, it just doesn't, at least not conclusively. Maybe probabilistically it could say, yeah, maybe there's a 60% chance of this or a 70% chance of that. But that, like, that's, that's not meaningful and that's not useful unless you have a trading strategy built around those specific probabilities, which most people don't, I'll add. So... This piece is bothersome. The next one I find also bothersome just because it, it doesn't quite, it doesn't close the loop on what's being talked about here. So it, it talks about how 
there was a trader yesterday who decided that they were going to buy 20,000 options for a cost of about 625000 betting that the rate on the 10-year Treasury will hit 4.115% before the close today. So pretty much they, they bought options on Treasury futures. It's, 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 it's how – I won't get into all of the mechanics there, but they basically said, look, I'm buying an option that says that the 10-year is going to be at 415 by the close today. So right now, Mike, the 10-year is at 395. Does that mean that they lost a ton of money? Uh, not yet, but yeah, quite possibly. No, it doesn't. Here's why. Jobs report comes out this morning. What's the 10-year treasury do? Goes up to 4.1. They could have sold this position right. for a huge profit. Yes, it didn't get to 4.15, but like options are not binary. You don't have to hold it all the way to maturity, and the event that it, you're betting on doesn't actually have to happen. So... Furthermore, this is one bet for how much did you say? Six hundred thousand dollars. Right. This is not moving the market anybody anyway. Hedge, hedge fund managers don't even get out of bed for six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Like this, this could just be hedging a, a hundred million dollar portfolio that is pointing in the other direction, and they just wanted to do this just to hedge for the day. So, I, I don't like when these pieces make these things seem like more than they are because they're they're not like they're they're just they're not important quite honestly furthermore i continue to see i'm looking at cnbc right now the the uh title is strong jobs report lowers fed rate cut chances in march well okay let's go look at those probabilities according to the chicago mercantile exchange uh yesterday it had the probability of a fed rate cut um at the March meetings, sitting at 66.3%. Today, it's sitting at 72.6%. So I'm not sure. We, I mean, maybe it's this, this person's opinion, but it, 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 they're, they're reporting all over this. They, yeah. they have. Uh, don't get me. Like, I get all that. But the interpretation of all of this is just... I don't know, getting a little bit blown out of proportion. One other thing, we talk a lot about these statistics that you mentioned around what markets do on average and this, that, or the other. And I think it's very easy to get kind of looped into the idea of this is a casino game because it gets described as such. And so, oh, you know, when this happens, markets go up on average. Um, According to Capital Group, just as a reminder, according to Capital Group, over the past 94 years, the S&P has gone up and down you know, each year, of course, and in 27% of those years had negative results. Let's take the opposite of that. That means that in the vast majority of cases, in the vast majority of years, 73% of the time, markets end positive for the year. And so all of these stories about, oh, well, when this happens, the market goes up. Well, three quarters of the time, the market goes up to end the year. It's just, yeah, a lot of the stuff you really have to put into context. It's not a coin flip when you're talking about the markets. And, and then you get to this piece here. Markets moving in lockstep threatened to make for a trying 2020. Is everyone just rooting for everything to fall apart this year? Yeah, of course. What What's makes, the makes deal? Makes for good writing. Makes for I, good I, reading. I, I just don't understand. Haven't we been through enough times that have actually been hard that I, I say this a lot. I mean. The, the S&P 500 made over 20% last year, Mike. Over 
and all I get is, well, it's down 1.5% for the first three days, <laughs> so this could be a tough year. Oh, man. You, okay, here's the, here's the fourth day. S&P 500's up 30 points, two-thirds of a percent. What does that mean? Like, does that mean everything's fine? I just can't do it anymore. It's – the market made 20 – over 20% yesterday, last year. And all we get is, oh, my goodness, it's down 1.5%. What are we going to do? Is this going to be a hard year? Our pets' heads are falling off. It, it, there's, it's just – Pure poppycock. Well, it's disingenuous is the, is the other part. <laughs> like, I feel as though these are being written by people who know that what they're writing is just clickbait garbage. So, anyway. Yeah, it's it's just when when bad things actually happen, we can write about them. And and we can even write, hey, I'm nervous about inflation or I'm nervous about a recession. Like, th- those are fine pieces. Hey, this is the thing that you know you need to watch out for. But the idea that Markets are heading for a trying 2024. A lot of people thought that 2023 was a pretty hard year, and markets still ended up blowing the doors off the place. I mean, I don't know if people remember, but they probably do, because all that we remember are the bad things, I feel like, (laughs) at least when it comes to markets. It's kind of like, you know, when you have have like a bad beat at a blackjack table or something like that. But, you know, there were multiple times last year where markets were either flat or in negative territory pretty far into the year. I mean, you could go into October of last year, and the Russell 2000 was down, the Dow was down for the year, the S&P was only up, you know, low single digits, and yet we still ended up north of 10% gains on every single major U.S. index. Russell 2000, Dow Jones, S&P, NASDAQ. So markets do have fluctuations. They're, They're supposed to. They, they don't go up 255 trading days each year. It's a feature, not a bug. All right, then it let's do is. this. Let's do this, Chuck. Let's, let's stop talking about the nonsense when it comes to the market and actually talk about some real bad news for car companies next. Deal? Yeah, that, that sounds good. All right, quick break. We're going to talk about real bad news when we come back. Breaking business news as it happens, only here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. With winter in full swing, it's time to start thinking about the sun and the fun of the U.S. Virgin Islands. St. Croix, St. Thomas, and St. John are unique in their own special ways. Go to visitusvi.com, learn more, and plan your next vacation in the hotbed of the Caribbean. You'll enjoy perfect weather, incredible beaches, world-class cuisine, a wide variety of water sports, and the common relaxation that you deserve. Upon arrival, you'll fall naturally in rhythm with the heartbeat of the islands. There's no money to exchange, no passport required, and travel from New England could not be easier. Make your plans now by going to visitusvi.com. Whether it's a romantic getaway or a family vacation, the U.S. Virgin Islands has everything you need to enjoy the vacation of a lifetime. America's Caribbean paradise is waiting for you. So head to visitusvi.com for more information and to reserve your trip today. That's visitusvi.com. Miss any of the show? The Financial Exchange Show podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Tesla recalling 1.6 million cars in China due to an autopilot crash risk. This is not the conventional recall where a part needs to be replaced. 
but rather there will be an over-the-air software update that is supplied to uh, basically 1.6 million vehicles made between August 2014 and December 2023. So basically every vehicle they've ever made in China uh, is going to need this update. And Ring's pretty familiar with stuff that they have to do to their U.S. cars, too, because the Chinese authorities are apparently not the only ones that have some concerns about Tesla's autopilot right now. Mike, did you see that on the uh, the new Cybertruck, the, the early versions they're rolling out don't even have autopilot on them? What? Yep. Confirmed yesterday. They said that they may, you know, roll it out later on, but they don't even, with how they built the, the vehicle, they don't trust it, I guess, they with autopilot it, right they now. They don't want it crashing reason. into police cars because it'll demolish them. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it, actually a good concern. It's, uh, yeah, so I found that uh, interesting that you don't even get a lot of the features that people are talking about as being, you know, reasons to buy a Tesla. Um, yeah, I, I just, that's like one of the most compelling reasons to actually own a Tesla in the first place is to have the autopilot and self-driving car features. I know the electric vehicle thing, and maybe if you're buying the tank of the, uh, the pickup truck, maybe that's not the highest priority for you, but I just don't really understand it. Have don't, you seen one? Go ahead, Joe. Nope, all you. All right, don't let an unexpected nursing home stay. Take away your wealth and prosperity. Cushing and Dolan are experts in elder law, and if you're not prepared to handle the increased cost of nursing home care, your assets may be at risk. According to Genworth, the average monthly cost for a private room in New England could double by 2040, so don't delay. Call Cushing and Dolan today and request their new guide called Long-Term Care Planning for Procrastinators. In it, you'll learn strategies that can help you protect your assets and allow you to enjoy your later years. Don't put off today what you might really need to do tomorrow. Call Cushing, Cushing and Dolan right now at 866-848-5699. That's 866-848-5699. Or you can request the guide from their website, LegalExchangeShow.com. The proceeding was paid for, and the views expressed are solely those of Cushing and Dolan. Cushing and Dolan and or Armstrong Advisory may contact you offering legal or investment services. Cushing and Armstrong do not endorse each other and are not affiliated. Speaking of what we're seeing in the auto market, full-size pickups continue to be the best-selling vehicles out there when you look at the national numbers for 2023. Just as an example, 750,000 Ford F-Series pickups sold last year. Uh, that's a 15% increase. Chevy Silverado sold 555,000 copies, a 7% increase. And the GMC Sierra, 295,000 sales. That's a 22% bump there. And so GM full-size truck sales up to 850,000 total between the two of them. Uh, Ram was the only one that was off a little bit. 444,000 of their full-size Rams. Uh, that's down 5% from 2022. But again, full-size pickups continue to be just some of the most popular and, and the most popular models in the U.S. Yeah, my only conclusion here, other than we have an obsession with pickup trucks in this country, is that the strikes sure don't seem to have uh, hurt the production too badly when it comes to the big automakers uh, and their pickup trucks. I don't, I don't even think the obsession with pickup trucks is a bad thing. So long as you can afford said pickup truck and you're using it to the capacity that, that you want to. I think the problem is when, you know, someone who probably would be just fine with a Ford Ranger spending, you know, 40 grand spends 75 on an F-150 that they're not going to use the full capacity on and then they're hurting themselves financially. That's the place where I think, you know, I, I find it troublesome. I don't know. This isn't pickup truck specific, but in terms of 
the number of pedestrian deaths from vehicles in the United States compared to every other developed country in the world. The United States is not exactly stacking up terribly well, and there's a lot of no. people that blame that on SUVs and pickup trucks. So, yeah, well, it, you know, it is. if it's I hit the, somebody with my Civic, they're more likely to survive than your, you know, F three fifty. Yeah, it, it, the two things are the the weight of the vehicle and the height of it, the height yeah. of the front. Yeah. And you know, if if you get hit with a Civic, you probably break a couple legs or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. You get hit with you know an F one fifty, and it hits you you know right in the waist, and you might get sucked under it. So it's yeah, it's it's tough. There's there's no there's no great answer on it based on you know what we like to drive. Uh, let's take a quick break here, but we got our two of the financial exchange coming up in just a little bit. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.